Tears for Queers. Oh, wait, are we recording? Yeah. Why okay. not? Here we go. Take Here a we sip. are. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Tears, to Tears for, for Queers. Queers. I'm Travis Callahan. I'm Grover Whitmore, and you're here for another episode. Another wonderful episode. Wonderful. This one's emosh. This uh, one's emosh as fuck. This but is, aren't we all? Right but now? aren't we all? And it's fall, so it feels like a little like. Yeah, it's a rainy day. Get yeah. all cozy inside. It was gray. Wear a big sweater. Big sweater. Travis has on a great house jacket today that's right it's my house sweater How i don't you, leave the house Navajo? without it like what is that what would you say it is even? um it's more um jackie from roseanne there we go yeah very it's more like mid 90s um fleece yeah. fleece but it fits you well like around the shoulders it's great well it's a woman's coat oh well there we go there we go <laughs> there it is gender's an illusion mm. how are you i'm good yeah. I just watched that movie, so I'm a little... I, I'm still trying to recover. All right, Tears for Queers. Yes. A podcast where we review gay things. Yeah. And try to promote the gay agenda. The gay agenda <laughs> that Elton John is head of. He's our boss. Yeah. We have, we have to, to report to him. him. Yeah. So we have to send a status update email every Friday. So via, we're doing our... Via this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Elton? Where we talk about, yeah, gay things and queer things and movies and related back to our lives. Should I, re- should I record all this? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm, re- I'm going to record. Yeah. Do it. You might as well. <laughs> so this week... What did we review? We reviewed... This was a Grover pick. Last week was Travis pick. This week is Grover pick. I chose the movie Other People, directed or written by Chris Kelly and starring Molly Shannon, Bradley Woodford, Jesse Flemons, and Maude Apatow. Judd Apatow's daughter is in it. Which one? She's the daughter, the oldest daughter. Really? No, the youngest daughter with oh, the brown hair, big sense. doughy eyes, really pretty. Mm-hmm. She was in This Is 40. Mm. Have you seen it? I think I missed that one. Oh, This Is 40 is hilarious. So yeah, a lot of like comedic people are in this movie even though it's kind of a downer it's a really good one filled with a lot of cameos but those are the main four um this is a kind of autobiographical movie for chris kelly who wrote it he's a writer on snl and in the in the movie david the main character is trying to get like a comedy uh job and an irl he got the job at snl at the end Get out. Works yeah, 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 yeah so that's cool that's a good thing to know silver lining at the end of this sad movie that totally makes sense yeah So the synopsis, the breakdown real quick from IMDb is, after a bad breakup, a struggling NY comedy writer tries to don a brave face for his family as he takes care of his dying mother back in San Francisco. Oh, Sacramento. Just kidding. But I'd like to ex-nay that. Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate the Sacramento part, but I really feel like it's Inland Empire. I feel like it's very SoCal. Yeah, it is. And a lot of of it was filmed around where we used to hang out. Okay, in their house i don't know if you noticed this but hanging up in their living room is a painting of the mission inn front of the mission inn which is in downtown riverside oh i don't know it of course you You don't know the mission inn i don't know look not that it's like a a beautiful like capital or focal point to go to but if you do trudge through riverside you'll find the old mission inn which is like it's not even a mission it's an old hotel that some weird um fabulous eccentric built in the turn of the century Mm. and it's still there i'm looking at it and it looks beautiful old like celebrities used to party there back in the 30s whatever wow this place is huge yeah celebrities never went to riverside i back in the day really yeah before like the automobile and like before freeways and it looks beautiful before republicans so this movie is a bit of a weeper because it's about a mother who is battling cancer and her gay son who's struggling to come to terms with his broken family their issues and also his own issues as a gay man back in new york but i did love it i also really love a sad movie anyway all the time and like many of the movies that i love it starts at the end and then it plays itself out backwards or it plays itself out afterwards the first scene of the movie will slap you in the face with tears and sadness it's um tears for queers tears for queers it's uh, Molly Shannon. She's the mom. She's the main 
character of this whole thing. She's the heart of the operation. And by the way, her first like serious role that I know of, and it was spectacular. True. Like I, I wept. I felt for her, and she's so funny all the time. But this was like her when Jim Carrey did like Man on the Moon or Eternal Sunshine or Eternal Sunshine, and it was like what? This was that from Molly Shannon. Right, because she's so fall down slapstick funny. Yeah. That you're imagining that she's gonna take a turn at any moment in this movie mm-hmm. and like really shine and be like big and bright as we know her yeah and when she doesn't i feel like that's kind of startling and yeah. it kind of sets the tone for she's not okay and because she's not okay everyone else is not okay yeah. you know yeah and i feel like that was very what a great setup what a great setup and it took it takes like uh i don't know an actor with serious chops to really like do this role and are you saying she has jowls <gasps> She does, and she's beautiful. She's amazing. I mean, she's getting a little older. No, you know, you can I mean, get gels. I don't think she fine. had a lot of makeup for this movie because they really want to see, like, you want to see, like, an aging, decrepit woman, and she was not afraid of that. How shitty is that to be an actor, actress, and you're you're having to play a part where you have to ugly Look yourself ugly. up a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty hard. Yeah. You have to play a terminally ill person. I know. Oh, I know. That's it, a little rough. It's a little rough. She does it well. She does She does it great. So getting into it. So getting into it, Molly Shannon's character, who is Joanne, but we'll just call her Molly Shannon to keep it. Yeah. Keep it cool. It's Molly. Suffering from, and I'm going to try and say it, lyomyosarcoma, which is like something that attacks her muscles. And she's not doing well. We know that from the jump. Mm-hmm. And David, the main son, the gay son, played by Jesse Flemons from Friday Night Lights fame. Did you watch Friday Night Lights? No. Spectacular. He moves home from San, or from New York for a bit to be with her. First off, that song that's in the movie is in every other scene throughout the entire thing. If you notice, when he goes to the, the market, it's playing in the market. It's always on in the car, and it's always on like random places. Jupiter, Drops of Jupiter by Train. That's what it is. Yeah, and I love that song. <laughs> and before I saw this movie, I heard it twice in public. Yeah. And then my friend recommended this movie and she was like, oh, you love gay films. You should watch this. That's literally what she said to me. And I was like, (laughs) oh, you're gay. Yeah. You'll understand this movie. That's what she said. And I was like, don't put me in a box, but okay, I'll watch it. And then I ended up liking it and I was like, fuck you for going, for knowing me. But I listened to this song twice in public prior and then I watched this movie and the songs throughout the entire movie. So I felt like there was a little bit of, it was meant to be. Why do you think they did that? I don't know, yeah, because it's literally one song the entire movie. That because their budget was small and they could only afford one song? But of all the songs to pick, that's an old song. It's almost 20 years old. It's a great song. Trained by hey. Drops of Jupiter. And it's not even about, like, it's not about anyone going away. It's about someone coming back, actually. Yeah. But they just chose the song. It's very strange. But I love it, and I love that they used it. But I feel like songs always haunt me when I, like, go back home. Yeah. Same. And, like, you know, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be playing on the radio, yeah. being playing on the, you know supermarket wherever you are wherever you are yeah and this is a i'm about to say a true thing and it's also a controversial thing because a lot of people don't like this girl right now but taylor swift does a really good cover of this song drops of jupiter well the great thing about our podcast is we can always delete that okay you're right and maybe if it doesn't feel right i'll delete that (laughs) all righty so First off, he gets to Sacramento, he's hanging out with mom and family, and then David goes to meet up with his other gay friend who's in town, played by John Early, the mm-hmm. first amazing cameo. John Early is from Search Party. Do you mm-hmm. watch it? On uh, TBS? I'm familiar with it, yeah. I've only seen one episode, but I don't have like a TBS app, so I don't watch it. But I I've hear... only heard really good things about it. I've only heard really good things about it, so more power. Do you re- recognize the bar that they're in? The gay bar they go to? No. So... I was just thinking it was the Menagerie back in my old uh, hometown. No, it's that's Eagle. What, it, it's the Eagle? It's the Eagle on Melrose, yeah. No, really? Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck, how did I notice that before? And then I paused it, and I was looking around, I was like, that's definitely the Eagle. Oh. Without a doubt, it's the Eagle in LA. Uh, and they look at gay porn while they're at a gay bar, they're looking at gay porn on their phones. That's right. Have you ever done that? Because uh, <laughs> I definitely have. Looking at gay porn while you're in a gay bar? at a gay bar. Or no. like looking at a, a jack-off video that someone sent you whilst out with your friends and showing your friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I You know, nothing comes to mind, but I'm sure I have. I'm sure. Me and my friends actually were talking about this recently where we, t- we talked about the do's and don'ts of, you know when you get a random dick pic or a butt pic yeah. and you show your friend, like, oh my God, look at this. Yeah. Where is the line where you don't show friends anymore? 
oh, when you have like an emotional connection yeah. to that dick pic or butt. Yeah. And it's same. not something to laugh or make fun of anymore. That's exactly what I said because I think one of my friends back home, they're on their group chat. They were like, show us so-and-so. And I was like, I can't show you so-and-so. And they're like, why? We show each other all the time. And I was like, yeah, but this is someone that I actually know and see from time to time and didn't want to like... I think it was like a respect issue. There's a level of respect once you go past a certain hookup point. Yeah. Like three or four times, then I can't show your D or B at anybody. You know? Um, it's different for everyone, but that was mine. I will say it's different for everyone because I still have friends who show me. Yeah, of course. And it's like their boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh... I know what you're talking about. And yes, you showed me before too. Um, but it's like good for them. But it's like good for them. If they're fine with it, I'm fine with I'm it. Because I it. definitely want to see your what dick are you, pic. Whenever you're going to slap away a dick pic and say, no, don't show me it. that. No, I'm going to see. Rude. No, show me your dick pics that yeah. you want to show me for sure. Um, so while they're at the bar, while David and his friend John Early are catching up, David divulges to his friend that he's back home, but he has broken up with his boyfriend back in New York. But the family doesn't know because he doesn't want to trouble his mom, Molly Shannon, who's like, you know, dealing with her own shit and doesn't want to bother the family with more of his stuff. So he's like kind of keeping him to himself while he's at home and kind of ostracized himself because he's he's going through a breakup, which is really heartbreaking for him. His boyfriend of five years and him. There's nothing worse when you you're so lonely and the only person you can check in with is your ex because that's like your confidant. And now it's. And you do. Yeah. But, like, what's the alternative? Like, it feels really... Yeah. Like, that's a really shitty experience to it's go what, through. That I feel like we've all been through. We've all been through. Yeah. yeah. And he even says, Dave even says, like, I have no one to talk to here. My ex is back in New York, and I have you, but you're not even here all, all that much yeah. in, in Sacramento. I feel like, um, the, like, what this, like, movie, like, really pinpointed, and it was, like, really good, was... I mean, even in the opening scene when they were having the New Year's party and mm-hmm. they had um, all these people there that were in a very nice way being very condescending to David about oh, being yeah. home and being this aspiring writer who wanted to work on SNL or move to New York to follow his dreams. And I feel like that is such a small like hometown mentality when yes. they're like, oh, well, you're getting out and you're doing good things, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it they don't realize like that's incredibly hard to do Mm -hmm. and you're already in like a that person is in a different playing field than a person aspiring to like do like really good things in their hometown Mm -hmm. and they try like it's like it struck a nerve with me because i feel like i've like we've all been there right definitely but what is like the alternative for like a gay man who wants to do better for himself does he stick around in his hometown small town yeah or does he like go to new york and like try to like live out his dreams yeah like i don't you know and some someone from the family was like you're not too good for this now are you like he was like no i'm not too good like for I they're don't the one that bringing up the conversation perpetuating it all yeah. he wants to do is be left alone be left alone and fit in and like enjoy his family but he can't because and, they're like putting him down for living in new york and in fact nobody's actually asking him like a question like a personal question about his own life or yeah. trying to like contextualize it in yeah. a nice way they're just like assuming everything right and exactly. like having the conversation for him and which projecting I'm like, a lot of their insecurities onto him right yeah in a condescending way which Ugh. we've all been we've all been there but when i say hometown it's like it's all the characters it's like going and watching the simpsons all over again it's like yeah the the bagger the gro the you know the yeah. cashier at the grocery store it's yeah you know uh it used to be the video store but you know like it's all your like stomping grounds and the old like high school friends you're gonna run into like right everyone has this like mindset and they kind of like put you in that box that you were back when you're right in high school right and i like so when he go for instance he like goes to this grocery store Mm -hmm. and he runs into presumably like an old high school buddy yeah who is like pushing carts away in the front of the store and he the old buddy wants to like say hello catch up mm-hmm. um try and like do this like shitty like network kind yeah. of thing like yeah. I'm oh, I, heard, I heard you're doing really good things yeah um i don't know about you but like i've like found myself in that predicament more often than not and oh. it's just like when you're like really not in a good place like that yeah i could just i just felt for that character so much it's like the last thing he needs and it's happening to him in front of a grocery store especially like 
when you're dealing with like an emotional crisis and you also like tell a stranger yeah they feel compelled to like want to do something for you right and so like to... for instance like that guy wanted to like rent him a one dollar movie right to show like how he felt for his family because his mom's dying of cancer it was so awkward so so awkward yeah. also he wanted him to like pick a movie and it's like dude you're like asking me to do things that i don't even want to do because you want to show how much you like yeah. care for me but you really don't so yeah. like just don't just don't. don't this movie actually does that a lot where they put a lot of like intense or really awkward scenes yeah right next to a scene that's funny or silly just to like break it yeah there's a lot of that and i like the way they do that they build it up a lot like a really intense sad scene and then the next thing like a character will come in and be annoying just to cut it or a character will come in and be silly yeah just to like diffuse this sad situation it was good it was well written chris kelly um, God damn it, Chris. One of the scenes that really hit me, though, that I thought Molly Shannon like knocked it out of the park, when they're going through her her living will at the, uh, grocery, at the over shakes, like milkshakes or something. But please do not gloss over that cashier. Oh, the hottie McCotter pants that they found the jack-off video. That's what they're watching the, the at the bar. The jack-off video at the bar. Yeah, yeah, it's like whenever you go uh, back home, there's yeah. always like the... The one hottie. The one hottie that you'll find on uh, Instagram grinder yeah. on somebody's Facebook page. He's mm-hmm. also going to be hosting like that gay night at yeah. the bar. Like he's very prominent in the neighborhood. Yes. And then he's also a cashier at like some shitty shake place. With a shitty tattoo. With a shitty tattoo. The creation tattoo. <laughs> have you, are there hotties from your like high school or your, your like neighborhood that are still hot or have they lost their? I think like um, the ones that have like come into prominence uh, are very 909. Yeah, but like good or not? Ooh, well, when I say 909, I feel yeah. like, you know, they they perpetuate might... the culture there, which yeah. is like, you oh, know, yeah. very, um, they look like they'll like kick your ass yeah, and then like S your D, you know? S your D, yeah. And he means suck that dick. That's what he means. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's, there's a couple right now that I've been fairly recently stalking on Facebook and you know that they say like the, the hot people they peak in high school, yeah. but some of these there's some ones that are have only gotten better and they've broken through that like stereotype. Would and you are still hot? And yes, I would. Whatever you're gonna say, yes, I would. So you like you, you jump on that scruff and no, oh, track they're them? not. They're all they're not gay. The ones I'm talking about, like the straight bro guys. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, but they're hot. And well, they, that's never. I wouldn't to, put that past you though. Yeah, you wouldn't. But they were they were supposed to be not hot. That was the rule that everyone told me. Oh, they'll peak in high school. There won't be. Who are they? Who are these people? I don't know. Who do I you listen? It. You never listen to anyone. I read it somewhere. I feel like you know. You don't know how to read. I don't know. I feel like Sally Jesse Raphael told me that it, they were supposed to peak in high school. That's why we review movies and not books. You're so. That was the books. <laughs> She's a talk show host. <laughs> Sally, Sally Jesse? Raphael? Yeah, she had the glasses. She oh, I know who Sally Jesse is. You didn't know. She came to my work the other day. That's a lie. Does she didn't go to Viceland? Yeah. Did she? She was on the Action Bronson show like oh, last man. week. I love that. It's crazy. Yeah, I she's she like eighty-three. Like, she is not dead. Oh my god, she's still kicking. She's almost. Okay, well she's on her way out. But she told me that you're supposed to peak in high school, and then the ugly kids get hot after. That's a, something she tells really ugly people in high school, so they feel better. Wow, I was really ugly in high school. I was really awkward. Who wasn't? Yeah, I was pretty well, ugly fucking, too. These hot ones that I'm fucking stalking on Facebook weren't—they were hot and are still hot. And I'm like, fuck, damn, shit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I pick I up what you're that. throwing down. I smell what you're cooking. Well, and in high school, I was like, you know what? You're gonna fucking peak now, and I'm gonna be so much hotter I in know. ten years. And then ten cut to ten years later, they and they're still have, fucking hot. They have muscles now, or something. They're That's rude. Weird. Yeah, it's rude. They're like daddies now. It's a hate crime. It's a. I'm gonna file a lawsuit. Me too. I'm gonna call my representative, my state representative. What I did think was really sweet, though. So they're like, mom is in the restaurant with dad and son, mm-hmm. and they're talking about what she wants after she passes away. No, let's reiterate. He's telling her what she wants. Yeah. The dad is going through the dad business. Yeah. The and... dad is uh, Bradley Whitford too. I love him so much. He's like the all-around like he's shitty dad from the '90s. Yeah, he was in everything. He's in like Law and Order. He was in Felicity. He plays a shitty dad there. Yeah, he's always a shitty dad. But in here, he's a thank shitty you dad. for playing a shitty dad. And he's it's a shitty, a shitty dad here. like that's a shitty job to do, but yeah. you did it. But he does it authentically. Thank you for perpetuating my like yeah. problems with dad figures. He's telling her what he what she should do, and she's like, "No, I don't want that. No, I don't want to be cremated. No, I don't want that." And it's it's kind of a cute scene because she's like being cute about something that's very obviously serious. Yeah. And 
I thought it was. And really they're beautiful. drinking milkshakes over it. They're drinking milkshakes. What do you want to drink when you're talking about your own death? I want a chocolate milkshake. I mean, right? That yeah, sounds good. That's what I want. That'll ease my suffering. With a malt. Do you like malt? Oh God, no. Oh, you don't like malt? No. Oh, I love it. I, love I don't know it. if I've ever had a really good malt. A malt shake. Who can say like somebody Johnny had a really Rockets. good malt? Have you been to Johnny Rockets? They have a good malt shake. It was too expensive. It was. It was. It was five dollars. Everybody, it wasn't that much. A five dollar shake. It better be good. It better be. Oh, you know where I get them? At Checkers. <laughs> <laughs> Not malt, but they have a regular. No. I'll get you one. Okay. I'm gonna show up to your bedside and be like, "Hi, Travis." Fuck yeah! You better show up to my bedside. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, but there was a quote. There was a really good quote. Oh, so after they they leave the restaurant and um, Jesse or David, David the main character is in bed with his mom and they're talking, just catching up. She apologizes to him for how she handled his coming out because she's like dying and she just wants to make amends with her son. As you like, as it progresses, and I I just like to say um, that they're suburbanites Mm -hmm. that are very religious, Mm -hmm. um, and that's like something you find out later, like later in the story. But I feel like. That would have been nice to know up front. Yeah. That they're like, they were, they they're like the typical the church going uh, family who may have had a problem with yeah, their, their son. son being gay. Yes. And you learn all this, yeah, throughout. You don't get it all the Because they seem up like up front really cool. Like they'd be so chill and like down for anything. You yeah. Because it's Molly Shannon. It's Molly Shannon. Assume. Like I would never assume that. Yeah. So they were fucking super, Molly. fucking Molly. They were super religious and then they have a gay son and I guess they handled it bad is what we learn. And so she's laying in bed and just trying to apologize for everything that she's done in the past because now she's cool with it. Oh, now she's cool that she's dying. Yeah. Well, oh, cool. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, fine. Uh, she says something really beautiful and he says, he says something beautiful back. She says, I wish I could travel the world. Oh, he says, I wish I could travel the world with you and we had more time. Mm-hmm. And then Molly goes, I get to see my whole world at dinner tonight because all I ever wanted in this world was to have a family and you guys are my family. And that's what, that was the point that made me cry the first time I watched Tears. this movie. Tears for queers for right queers. there. You know what? That is like, that like actually struck a chord with me too because mm-hmm. watching like a parent die, mm-hmm. you... Uh, the first thing that runs through your head watching somebody pass is, mm-hmm. or, you know, going through that whole process is you didn't get to go and like see, like you didn't get to travel the world. You didn't get to go to Italy or like you right. know, Europe or Asia or whatever. Right. You didn't get to like do everything on your bucket list, but in actuality, like dying is such a personal thing. And it's actually like, you're just projecting that onto that person. Yeah. They probably wouldn't really care to travel the world. You actually want to go travel the world. With them. You know, like, yeah. w- sure, with them. But, like, you that's something on your bucket list, not their bucket list. Like, their yeah. bucket list is, like, being with... They've made, like, actual decisions. And, like, that's something, like, that you fail to realize a yeah. lot of the time is that they've... Even though, like, death comes for us all and sometimes too early for others, mm-hmm. you still get... To make like decisions all the way up to the end, you know, right. and they did, right. you know. And she was never. She, she didn't never do. She, she didn't never, regret. She yeah. had family, and that's what she really wanted to do. And that's all she really wanted to do. And that's like not a bad, you know, yeah, job right there. Uh, a hilarious scene that that fucking destroyed me was when David goes to visit Gabe, John Early's character, um, at John's parents' house, and <laughs> Gabe has a adopted little brother. Named a Justin. Fabulous little brother. Fabulous little faggot. Just like gay as the day is long. And he's so adult, I feel like. That but he's so nurturing. He's so nurturing. And he's like, the only one that's like emotionally intelligent in the entire movie. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree. But I do agree that he was a standout character. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was, he's like, no, 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 no. I love you. Are you kidding me? No, I love it. Like, he was very accommodating and sweet. And he's like all of maybe two years old. Well, he's probably like 12. But he's like a zygote to me. And he was out of the closet, out and proud at a young age. Yeah. And I don't know if we've discussed this before, but I do feel like with each generation, you know, gays are coming out younger and younger. Yeah. Until maybe one day we won't have to come out anymore. But he is like 11 and he's fully re- a fully realized, self-aware homosexual. And I've met one just like that before. And he was also 11. And I was like 18. And I had just come out like two years prior. And I met this 11-year-old. He was in sixth grade. He was my friend's little brother, much like in this movie, meeting a friend's little brother. 
and he was just unapologetic and just completely like showed you all of his ice skating trophies faggity. like faggoty just like the queeniest queen and I, it was so like refreshing refreshing and reassuring to me and also like to see the in kids. a movie in any other movie that would have been like celebrated but i think like in this movie because he is struggling with his mother yeah passing away dying yeah. And his dad still not accepting the fact that they can have an open dialogue about him being gay and having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That I feel like it's almost like pathetic that this twelve-year-old boy has contextualized this thirty-year-old yeah. man's life yeah. as being pathetic because no, for sure, like the it's just going to be two different lives, yeah. like two different trajectories. They even mentioned that for a second when the little boy Justin is like performing that little drag queen number. Yeah. And John Early is sitting with Jesse and Jesse's like, I feel like this should be illegal to watch. And then John Early goes, you're just uh, ashamed because he has 10 times more confidence than you'll ever have. And it was like, ooh, zing. And yeah. so true because Jesse is, the main character is struggling a lot with his like own identity. And here's this little boy is just like never had a problem about it. This kind of reaffirms my like my opinion, which I don't know if it's validated, but I when I was coming out and like growing up in a town where if you were slightly more masculine, it, mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit harder to like identify as being gay or come out mm-hmm. because everyone already had a preconceived notion about you. But yeah, for a child who is very flamboyant, is themselves like me. feel like you're out and proud, like you know, like you want to express yourself. It, um, it's I feel like I like I always praise them I was like they're 10 times stronger than any like mask for mask like locker like gym fucking loser like dude that (laughs) right you know like it's still in the closet and it like can play straight and then Mm. this guy has to like this guy doesn't play straight yeah like that I feel like kudos to like that's so much because I feel like everyone you're on the peripheral for everyone who is making these snap judgments about you. Yeah. And that's really hard, right? right. Like especially in like being in an oppressive small town that doesn't accept you. I was the sad oppressive like David character. <laughs> <laughs> and you're throwing drag shows in your living room. Oh my god, did you ever do anything weird like that when you were little? What? Like do drag shows? Or like anything weird gay kid? Um, like how little boy did the drag show but like i for me like i my sisters were very celebratory of me uh, Mm cross-dressing at a very young age you did you did cross-dress uh well they would always have like uh they like they had an outfit for me so we could like play dress up and i'd always like was it a woman's outfit though yeah when i was like a little little kid yeah yeah they uh like maybe like from four five Mm -hmm. six and did your parents ever walk in on this Oh, yeah, like... But was it fine, or was it, like, they told you to Oh, yeah, mom laughed. Mm. I think dad always, like, shrugged and rolled his eyes, but, like... Yeah, because you were really young. Yeah, I was really young, so, like, it... I didn't know any better. They Um, used to dress me up, call me Travelina. Travelina? Yeah. I love it. I used to, like, dance around. (laughs) That's cute. I'm gonna call you Travelina now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, anytime. I was obsessed with mermaids, like, thoroughly obsessed. I want a mermaid tattoo. But it's been. I feel like a lot of queers are obsessed with mermaids. They are. I don't know why. I don't know why. But maybe it's Little Mermaid. The tail. I don't know. But you know what I used to do? I would (laughs) on weekends when I was like go on Craigslist. Go. That was before. Um, like from eight to twelve, a lot of years, Mm. I would wrap my lower half in blankets, like maybe two or three, like start right below the belly button. Oh yeah. And then do another, like wrap it around so it's like you know straight down, and then wrap another one straight down from the knee down so it's elongated. What color are these blankets? Literally anything I could find. Like it would be this weird, like Navajo, but black or brown, anything I could find. Oh, so you're like I was I was more concerned with length and volume. You're like a POC mermaid. Exactly. Patchwork. And then I would take a belt and belt it at the waist and then belt it a foot down and then belt another foot down and then belt it at the ankle so that it would just like be tight around my legs and then fit them. Amazing. Like that's so good. Yeah. And I would just lay around the house like that. Like a merman. You just lay around the house? For like an hour until my mom told me to get out of my blankets. But it was like a full mermaid tail that I had like... And this is in Southern California. It is hot all the time. And it was summer. But you you suffered for fashion. I did. How old were you then? From like 8 to 12, I did this every now and then. Yeah. I wanted to be a mermaid. I would mostly hang out on my bed and do it because it was like, you can't move. You can't walk in that. Yeah. You can't walk in that. It's actually, yeah, it's not... 
that yeah. great to be a mermaid out yeah. of water. Daryl Hannah may seem really cool in Splash, but <sighs> out of water, it's very hard. But there are people that are obsessed with mermaids and do it professionally. Yeah, I think like I mean, you can like get fitted for a suit and you can go swimming. Yeah. And I I think like you can do like shows. I think I was really stoned once and I found it on the internet. And there's it's a guy right. that lives almost full time as a mermaid, mm-hmm. merman. Yeah, merman. He goes by merman. Merman. He and they do shows. So you know though. him. Know <laughs> You're him. saying he like you know him. I've come across his page as well. I think we're talking about the same person, maybe. Uh, sure. But he has thousands of followers. And he's like, Merlife is life, is what his hashtag always is or something. <laughs> hashtag Merlife? Merlife is life or some shit like that. But like, it's a lifestyle. Do you think like there's travel agencies that sell packages to be mermaids? I like mermans? I think it's like a, wait, packages? What do you mean? Like, you know, you can get like a ticket and go down to like Myr- Myrtle Beach and like, you know, get fitted for mm-hmm. a suit and be well, a mermaid no, for a weekend. It's like an occupation because you can get paid and you get flown over the world to do it. What? You do, they do like aquatic shows with mer people. Get out, really? Yeah, it's crazy. It's big in, it's big in Asia. And then they, you can meet and Does meet it pay well? Afterwards. I think so. I'm open. I mean, they're getting flown all over the world for it. Oh, must I, be good. I was recently on a little, I got really stoned and went on a little K-hole of like mer people life. But people come and meet them afterwards and they do like a picture meet and greet. And they're mermaids. It's crazy. Their tails are thousands of dollars um, in debt, is what they are. <laughs> it's But they're beautiful. They look really cool. They're, like, beautifully painted and shit. Oh, I'm, th- I'm thinking about the colors I want for my mer-tail. Yeah. There's, like, bright pink. They even do, like, a little bit of, like, scale around Because I'm thinking, like, if do I want to do, like, crazy colors or do I want to go natural? I know. Like, it, like that's hard. Fish. Yeah. Like, this guy that I checked out online, he has a couple different tails. Oh. one like I guess you could get different tails, right? Yeah. You don't have once to pick one. Once you're in the big leagues, you can get a couple <laughs> different tails. Okay, good. This is what I love. So the mom decides to quit chemo because it's ruining her. Oh mind. my god. Yeah, there's like that whole scene where she's like in the insanely crying. Yeah. And the and the family is in the hallway listening while she's getting You're like out. you're I feel like you're sitting there with David in yeah, <sighs> so rude. Somebody fucking texted me right now. You're popular. It's hard being popular. Get out. Good night. They are so the, mom quits chemo because it's ruining her body. She's dying anyway, and she would rather have a couple good months left because the chemo's not working anyway. So she makes a decision um, to just end it and just be healthy for as long as she can before she passes away. And while she's healthy, she goes to to New York with David because David goes back to New York because he has an improv show at UCB Chelsea. And mom goes and like is part is a participant and there's a cameo by Darcy Carden who's on Broad City, and she's in his improv team. Yeah, and she hangs out with him afterwards. And I love her so much. Met her once. She's a complete gem from Hashem. Uh, but this scene was really cool because I've totally done a show at that same theater. Yeah, I don't think I've even talked about doing improv on this podcast yet either. No, you so, you don't talk about it with anyone. I it's talk your about like it. dirty little secret. Well, I feel like lately, just very recently, Chelsea I have lately? been. Chelsea You're on Chelsea lately? lately. UCB Chelsea. Oh, I've lately have been like being more confident about it because it is something I want to get into. Comedy is a world I'm trying to break into. Oh, and you should I've, be funnier. I've done. Oh, okay. Well, now who's the jokester now? Take a note. Okay. No, Travis is a dick. That's the note I checked. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So they've done a show. They're doing a show at UCB Chelsea, and I've completely done a show there. And it was kind of cool to watch it and be like, I watched when I first watched this movie. I hadn't done the show, mm-hmm. and then I did the show, and then we wa- I watched this movie again today before we did this podcast, and I was like, oh, I remember. It kind of put me back there for a second, like. Yeah. Two different perspectives, like, oh, one day I will, and then being able to say, like, oh, I fucking did that. That's what I like about this movie, where it's set up. Because this movie came out in 2016. Yeah, like a year and some change ago. So, it's actually pretty on point with... um, I can relate to this movie so much. I mean, like, we don't have to sum it up, but just, like, him going back and forth from his hometown to Mm -hmm. New York, and he's um, playing at the uh, UCB. UCB, yeah. And this is our most, I feel like, up-to-date movie we've done. Yeah, it's most pretty movie. modern. It's yeah. very, it's very gay millennial-esque, yeah. if, I, if I dare say. Trying to find yourself. Oh, shit, girl. Lordy <laughs> Queen. Still, I, still trying. I love, um, I can relate to this. Uh, I love, like, when he was in the waiting room listening to his mom, like, tragically, like, cry mm-hmm. and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, make the decision to get off chemo that he, <laughs> to himself, just Googles how long somebody has until till they die when they um from chemo yeah when they end chemo yeah 
And I don't know about you, but without WebMD or Google, I, I think I'd be dead by yeah. now. Because, like, that's my go-to doctor. Yeah. Or any so, questions that I yeah. have to do with any medical I problems. I don't know how people did it in the 90s and the 80s without the... How internet. did they do that? Like, the stress, the waiting, the uncertainty. Yeah. I, I Google I'm way too neurotic. Yeah. I Google, I Google 10 things a day. Yeah. And it's right there at your fingertips. This is a millennial. This is a millennial gay movie for sure. This is us. This movie is us. Yeah. But what it was really like heartbreaking for me is mom's dying. Like mom's on death's doorstep. Families together in New York mm-hmm. to visit David and see his life. Mm-hmm. And they go back to his apartment where he's he has an ex boyfriend, but they're pretending to still be together just so they don't are they're not pressure on the family. Bless bless their hearts. And the dad won't go up because even though mom accepts her gay son, dad does not. Because he's shitty gay dad, or he's shitty dad in this movie. And they go up to visit his apartment, see his life, and the dad waits outside. Motherfucker. can't accept his son. What a little douchebag. He, he didn't even have an excuse for why he wasn't going up. Just, like, I'm going to go around the store to a bodega, get a bodega sandwich, or, like, I'm going to yeah. smoke cigarettes, even though I don't. Like, he no. literally just sits there like a dopey piece of shit, like, suburbanite dad on the streets of New York. And, and says, Shannon's just like, really? You're not going to come up? And he's like, please don't please don't make a scene it was kind of really fucked up like mom's dealing with incredibly more important things here yeah lock it up and be there for your gay son and your dying and your dying wife what did he think he was gonna do like he'd have to witness like gay things happening like a kiss in front of you like what the fuck they're just up there catching up yeah get some wine you're gonna like go upstairs it's five flights there's no elevators sorry it's new york sorry and you're gonna be in a shitty small apartment with probably like old like crappy linoleum it's your son you yeah know? it's, your, and son. it's your, your whole ikea there. furniture like yeah. there's nothing to see but go upstairs yeah it was it was a blow to, to david to the main character's poor sensitive heart the nugget of all of his like bullshit that he's had to deal with like i feel like he can deal with anything but like that is just like an insult to injury right exactly exactly and then after we go straight from that scene into him and his ex having sex again Mm. sex ex good old ex sex ex sex with your ex sexy ex have you broken up with someone yeah and then turned around and fucked um i mean kind of yeah Kind of meaning like we weren't really together, but like but we, we weren't are... together anymore. Yeah, and like I've hooked up with them. Yeah, well, Samantha Jones from Sex and the City oh. says sex with an ex is never good because if it's good, you don't have them anymore, and if it's bad, you just had sex with an ex. Oh God! And Isn't I feel true? like that is very true, but there's something about it that I find alluring, but also I'm very unhealthy, as we all know. So. Right. Don't take what I say to heart, or don't do what I say. Sex with an ex, or s- sex with the... somebody else's ex. Oof! I mean, sex with somebody else's ex is just new sex. <laughs> but I feel sex with an ex, or sex with someone you were dating and now you're not dating anymore, it's just a minefield. Oof. Because what are you trying to get out of it, and why are you trying to go there? It's familiar, I guess. And old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. But this scene that they're doing, it's bad sex. And then afterwards, though, they kind of break the bad with they break the tension with a laugh. And they end up they end the night well. But that it's sex actually scene, was really nice, like sad sex acts actually. It was sad. No, it was sad because he couldn't come at first. And but they were having like, great banter. They were having great banter, but that was afterwards. Yeah, they had to like. That for, for this movie does that really well. It like starts with a really awkward or sad scene, and then it cuts it and it breaks it, and you can like giggle at the end of it of a scene. I like love they're it. there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you like feel for them, and then you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can like feel for me. They have um really nice like post coital right dialogue afterglow. Um, and they're talking. Yeah, the guy. Well, because obviously the ex is encouraging David to date. Yeah. Have sex with other people. Right. Move on. And I, this is what I love about like gays is like mm. we can have that like the personal connection and like check in, be like, yeah. "Yo, you dating? Are you, you fucking dating? other people? Like, because you should. Because I hope so. Yeah, like in, in the straight world, it's are you fucking anyone? Because I'm gonna kill you. Right. You couldn't talk about that. I no. feel in a typical straight relationship. That's for sure. Right. I don't like like to generalize, but yeah. they're all bad. Right. <laughs> I don't like to generalize, but breeders are weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
but I did like the ex, the boy, the, the guy that plays the ex. Yeah. Um, I forget his name, but he was really cool. He did that role really well. He was kind um, of like lovable lovable ex and they you could tell that they tried to make the relationship work but it just was not working but there was still love there there's still caring there for each other yeah oh he, uh david um tells his ex what, what's his name the ex's name yeah that's a good ass question and eh, let's find it it's fine okay he's the ex he tells him he hasn't been dating but he's been jacking off a lot a back lot. at home nine times in one day is what he said well one time. How many no. times in a day for you, ever? The most? Oof. Say it. Say it to the people. Nine or ten? No. Really? Yeah. You're lying. You know. Nine or ten? You're a serial killer. I, I'm, oh no, I'm a sociopath. Six, like they're addicted to masturbation, but like, mine is six, and I thought six? that was a lot, but nine or ten, wow. I think I've gotten up there. How old were you, though, when that happened? It was last week. <laughs> like, fucking two weeks ago. It was last week. I feel like I talked to some people, and they were like, once a week. And I, I can't know. Oh, that, that's fascinating. I don't know how they live. Wow. Once a week. My best friend growing up was once a week. And he was like a regular, run-of-the-mill, red-blooded, straight male, white male in America. Once a week, he said. Once a week. But like, also, the exact opposite of that is me, like, six times in a day, and that's not okay. And that's me. why you're not, like, you know, um, more successful. You that's know, why. like, you have an, an excuse for what you're doing with your time. I have a So, like, what is this time. motherfucker doing when know. he's only doing it once, once a, a week? week? Like Reading? He doesn't... Composing no, a no. symphony? Exactly. No, get out. Get out of my home. Yeah, bu- I'm calling bullshit on anyone who says once a week. Yeah, I kind of don't believe it either. It yeah. was just crazy. Like, not even the shower. Like, like, you shower once a week? But what's norm? What's norm? Because six is like the most. How about this? I'm Anything's dead. normal oh. if it feels good for you. Oh, and that's a quote for Tears for Queers. There yeah. you go. Cry over that. Cry over that. <laughs> Use your tears as lube. Wait, anyway, so they were talking about um, jack-off material. And yes. going back home, you then have the analog jack-off material, right? Ooh, yeah. The old stuff you used to do when nothing, when the internet wasn't around yet and you needed to jack off to literally any type of thing. Anything. You know, most modern men have all jacked off to like just weird shit yeah you know like uh, a piece of fruit that looked like a you know genitalia to you're making this all up no i mean like look yeah no. then we had print magazines yeah oh anything like yeah like i think in the movie david used like an old jc penny ad who didn't who didn't though they were very obscure so here was my little here was, here's my jack off fodder go for it growing up and i psychoanalyzed myself because it it plays into my are you crazy Oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. So, growing up, my dad was a bodybuilder enthusiast. Like, he loved working out. He had a bench in the garage. Yeah. And all of his subscriptions to magazines were, like, Muscle Fitness or, like, Mr. Olympia. Oh, that's, like, good material. And it's nothing but buff straight men in tiny bikinis. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Oiled up, tanned the fuck out, flexing for you. As a young gay male at like 10, 11, 12 coming to sexual maturity, you better believe I stole those magazines. That was like gay mecca for you. It was all I needed. And I it still plays into today because I, even though I like many different types of men now, <laughs> what will always do it for me is a muscle, is a muscle daddy. Forever. Oh. Even though it's like cheesy. You were like imprinted at a very imprinted, young age. Imprinted. Like any, even if they're like ugly mm-hmm. a big muscly daddy balding or not gray or not like that will always make me at least double take at least do a double take in the street <laughs> absolutely i love it and it will always love it. it's like an archetype archetype yeah archetype yeah. that will forever be a sexual stimulation in my mind jeez what was the thing for you like growing up like what was the thing that got you going um I'm like a weird, I'm a weirdo. Hello, I just talked about bodybuilding. Yeah, you like talked about it for like 10 minutes. We're going to have to like cut it down. We can cut everything (laughs) down except for the bodybuilder part. You know what? Actually, like I sexualized a lot of my like friends Mm. growing up. And I felt like I was like, I never appreciated anyone who was older than me or younger than me. I was like, I was very prudish and I like always loved the idea of like a friend, like a best friend. An equal. An equal, you know? 
which I guess like hindsight that probably made me like such a weirdo sexual predator for anyone trying to be my friend in high school. Oh, maybe, but not at all. <laughs> I support it. Like too nurturing. What's too nurturing? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, Travis, sleep is really in my nice. bed. Yeah. Sleep Do in my food? bed. I'll get you drunk. Yeah. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, come on. I probably pulled a Michael Jackson one or two times in high school. But you were their age, so it was fine. Oh, it's so it's consensual. <laughs> it's consensual. Yeah, exactly. But there was no but, like, wait, there's no, there's no like weird fetish or kink that you were into or are into. Hey, look, I'm open minded. Yeah, like a good slap just, and tickle is fine with me. That's but, all you ever needed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I could get creative. I've never like role played. Yeah, me either. And a lot of guys. Is that weird? Will, no, not at all. Have I role played? No, but I've been asked to. This one guy wanted me to. He wanted to lay in bed and wanted me to come in through the window and like pretend rape him. That's like you know every gay. Is it boy. because you're black? I know it could have been rooted in racial fucking shit. That's bullshit. But I, I don't know. I was like almost down to do it, but then I didn't. I'm, I'm very like, I'm open minded like you, yeah. but also, I'm not gonna go search out a yeah. weird kink to do in bed. I do just fine. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm not at like, that's all. That's like an extra level, which I'm like I'm down for. If you want, if you're get like if it's a paid gig, you oh, know, yeah. like <laughs> we're gonna talk money. You wanna make it rain on this? Okay. You can yeah, talk. I'll fucking climb through your window. I'll climb through it. He wanted me to climb through and like pretend rape him. Was he on the second floor? No, he was on first floor. He had a lovely house, but it was like we were in high school. Oh. So well, just out of high school. Yeah. Fucking get your shit together. It's not that much. You should have done it. I should have. I should have. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight. I told you. It's twenty twenty. There it is. So, wait. So, like, he, he said something really funny about, like, he was worried about his parents catching his analog porn way back mm. in the day. Oh, yeah. So, what he did was oh, he took God. all the analog porn, he shredded it, then he put it, soaked it in water, yeah. and then he took the little silky bits... And then he put them in separate trash cans so nobody could find... That's crazy. ...the gay porn. I mean, I get his... Have you ever th- done that? No, no, no. Have no. you heard of people doing that? No, but that's... Cra- but I can... I, get I have the, heard of people doing that. I get the mentality behind it, for sure. I feel like almost like somebody, like, pulled a joke on me mm-hmm. because, like, I feel like I've heard that before. When you heard this in the movie? Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure somebody I know does that or did pop- that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that when I heard it, I was like, "That's crazy." But also, what what's the subtext behind that? You so hate your you own hate. sexuality so much well, that you don't want to be figured out. Scared. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I get the mentality behind it, but I've never. I'm actually really lazy when it comes to like getting rid of evidence. That's totally serial killer shit. Yeah, that is like different trash cans after soaking it in water is intense. I get the thinking. I have been caught on many occasions because I think the opposite. Because I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. No one cares. Oh my god, I've have left you been a caught? Porn. Oh yeah, I've walked in on masturbate. I've been walked in on a masturbating by my parents. I've left a gay muscle porn DVD in the living room. No. In the living room. No. Called like the bigger the better or something. And the, the <laughs> was com- it bigger? It was better. The cover is a big muscly man with a giant boner in his underwear. And my dad gave it to me. He was like, did you leave this in the And you're like, no, dad, room? it was from one of your magazines. Right. I, I, and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was so mortified. I, like, grabbed it. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I took it. I, like, threw it under my bed, and I ran out of the house. And he came back a week later. <laughs> oh, I didn't lose it, that's for sure. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the the sheer mortification though that went through me it was it was intense that that moment's forever burned to my mind oh my god you've never been caught or anything no never ever ever no walked in on no <gasps> wow probably and like they just but were like too they, like, sweet yeah to say anything like they like back up slowly and shut the door and like oh he's jacking off he's jacking. oh that's sweet oh he's so cute oh yeah they're very nurturing well i i should have bedroom could you imagine like walking on your little gay kid like jacking off to little gay porn and you're like you oh he's so gay look oh, at him so i was such a daddy he's jacking off to <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you never had that shame that embarrassment i feel like it kind of oh no no, no don't worry i shamed myself okay plenty plenty you, uh, you know just like we all do when yeah. we come we shame ourselves for whoever we came on or yeah. came with and right. we get out afterwards so, yeah yeah no, no no don't worry that's fine i can remember the first time i came and who I jerked off to. And oh my god! Was... I feel like you say this every episode. No, it's a different. This guy's story. gonna like find you. His his name is Luke Perry. <laughs> it was like this weird. I mean, who movie. did it, right? Who did? Luke, it? You took it from all of us. He did. Yeah, we've all done it. We've all fucking done it. 
Uh, even Pitt. Luke lost it to himself. But it's weird because he's not even like my end all be all. But I just happened to be masturbating because I was practicing a lot as a little kid. And then the finally, the first time I finally came, yeah, was Luke Perry. But it was like some like Luke movie. Perry, like the thought of Luke Perry. It was his butt. No, I was watching a movie and he like strips off his clothes and runs into the water because he's at the beach with friends. Like, come on, dudes! And then mm. I ran to the beach bathroom. boys. Was it what? Was that what it's called? I think so. I'm just you know guessing. What? I'm guessing. Oh, you're guessing. No, no, no. Look it up. Look oh, it up. Okay. I want to like. Is play it in the a game. movie called Beach Boys? I think so. Okay. Uh, I can't. I can't get the movie. No idea. Anyway. But I do remember all too well. Musclehunks.net. That was like one of the ones. That was my analog. Once wow. the internet did come, that's what came. You know what? Besides it me, did not even occur to me for the longest time when we had the internet that mm-hmm. we could search for like porn oh that was the first thing that came to my mind and i remember being good about clearing the history even though my parents were of the older variety and they wouldn't and get how to do that here's anymore. the deal i think that little evolutionary notch right there is what separated millennials from baby boomers Total is that water. we could clear our porn history yeah because we knew better because we yeah. understood like that's when we understood like the language of like coding yeah you know, they're like, ooh, I don't know. Like, what I see is what I get. You know, like, they never thought twice about that. Yeah. And that's the problem, is that that's they never problem. thought twice about anything. And that's why we have fucking climate change. Baby boomer? You blame me on the baby boomer? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I can get behind that. I can get yeah. behind that. I don't know enough about it, but it sounds like you're very certain about what you're saying. And I respond, <laughs> I respond very positively to it. Okay, so then we go back to Sacramento. Bikes. Yeah. Because mom isn't doing too well. And we're yeah. back in Sacramento mom's body is shutting down she's not doing chemo anymore she is truly on her way out she has like no voice anymore mm-hmm. she's whispering and before she loses her voice completely she goes with david to her old job she was a second grade teacher so she goes to the elementary school to like bid farewell to retire to say goodbye to the teachers and to like wish her replacement like good luck to you yeah and she made, like, these things for the students, and she wants the new teacher to give them to her. It's very heartfelt. It's very sweet. And we get a cameo from Donna Meagle, who's in Parks and Rec. Who's the big that? black girl in the, mo- in the sh- shop. So fun. Yeah. She's, like, really sweet in it. And she's really sweet in Parks and Rec, too. You never watched Parks and Rec? mm Oh, my God. Her and Sorry. Aziz. Sorry, everyone. It's okay. That's why I'm here. Yeah. You're, you're, like, the cred. You're, like, the film, the cred, the yeah. know-how. And I'm, like, the comedy and the, like... Lowbrow stuff. The lowbrow stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's true though. <laughs> but Parks and Rec is highbrow comedy. Amy Poehler? No, that's what yeah, about. No, great. All right, cool. I know Amy. You know Amy. Um, but that scene is really fucking good and really sad, and it made me cry. I cried a lot in this movie. Really? Yeah. Even the second time around, I kind of like cried. It's so sad. I know. I know. You're not uh, a crier. No. Yeah. I'm dead inside. You're dead. But I'm fun. But you're fun. So you're dead, fun. but fun. That's yeah. all. That's what dead, I but fun. I like that. Oh, um, what's really fucking awkward yeah. is when David goes on the OK Cupid date because he's trying to date while he's back home in San Francisco. I was Francisco, waiting to get to that, and he pukes everywhere. Yeah, I rewound. He it. has a really shitty date. Really shitty date. Which we've all been there. Oh, from online, girl. Let's get to yours in a second. Queen, good to yours. Um, I just no like for the, setting up the scene. Mm. The opening line out of David's drunk mouth is. Isn't everyone terrible on OkCupid? Okay yeah. I feel like I've said that before. That's you. To a person that's like, mm, I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. It's kind of nice. Yeah. We're on it. Yeah. And I'm like, goo. Yeah. I was trying to like, you know, get one in and say like, we're kind of different, separate ourselves from Us the, them. the other people, quote unquote, other people. But movie. this guy was the other, you know, he could care mm. less. And then like, that's when you realize you're like dating, like you are on a date with somebody extremely basic and you have yeah. to like, just Stay you, away from the abstract. You don't know it's how to literally back out, black though. and white. Like everything is, uh, just simple. Yeah, Very and simple. that guy, I, we've been there. We've all been there. With someone that's just not on your level. Like it's just you think they're vibing with you, and then you realize that they're coming from a whole different perspective that you don't agree with, or you're just not down for, and you don't. But you're still down to have sex, though. Oh well, he's David. Still was down to go back. to I his don't house. think he was down to have sex with them. Honestly, you don't. No, not at all. I, I think... feel like David chose to go on a date to get his mind off of yeah. something horrible, yeah, and he right. cho- he like used this dating experience to like offset his whole entire mind to get his mind off it, no. which uh, you probably shouldn't do, like, or I mean, maybe you should do. I don't know. Get it? Like, I've actually gone Any out on a date 
with a dude after a horrible experience. Like I was just having like a really bad three days Mm -hmm. and I needed to like get out. Mm -hmm. And what do I do? I go to a bar and proceed to get blackout drunk with this stranger. Yeah. 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 And then I remember like kind of coming to and I may have locked myself in the bathroom of that bar for like 30, 40 minutes. Doing what? Uh, just like being really wasted. Like I was like to the point of throwing up. So like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I literally did the same thing. Yeah. 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 And went to the bathroom and then like, I finally was like kind of blacking out. And then like, I, I kind of woke up and I was like, Ooh, I may have taken a nap in this bathroom. How long have I been in here? Yeah. And like, I checked my phone and I was like, Ooh, I don't like, I, I saw you text me. He's like, Hey, I'm outside. I'm like, where were you? What bar? Oh, uh, I was at union pool yeah. oh shit okay yeah. this York. is like big yeah way back in the day uh, yeah um i think like one of the first years i moved here okay and it was tragic was he waiting for you outside though i think he was so i went out the back side of the bar because i was like i'm so like you're done i'm done i'm do- i'm toast like you're i'm ghosted. wasted yeah so i ghosted on him and then i left and like it was effort to get home i like oh. took the subway and like i was so drunk yeah it was not good oh, shit. i remember waking up in a cab like and oh, like God. i was like to the point of like blackout drunk yeah maybe he was trying to roofie me and just like having like i was probably getting free drugs and i was maybe. just having a bad time yeah you know damn you were david but it was like i was trying to get my mind off of oh, like a terrible yeah i think i was fighting with my boyfriend At the time. then ex-boyfriend okay like I needed to just like go out on a date and yeah. I think I boop I did it I pulled a David yeah well yeah maybe you're right maybe it's like not good to like well cause you're you driver. have a chance to like act out and mm. like that's the thing is like when you're gonna act out with a complete stranger right whoever is on that receiving end is gonna be like oh I'm fucking I'm out with a psycho right now yeah oh yeah and David was a psycho in the scene S- legit crazy. totally in the wrong psycho totally. I love that. I love it because it's really embarrassing and cringeworthy. But like, he runs to the bathroom and doesn't make it, and he throws up on the wall outside the bathroom, yeah. and then he proceeds to throw up all along the bathroom floor until he gets to the toilet. Oh. I love that scene just because I'm just so glad it's not me. I'm like, oh fuck, shit balls, because <sighs> I've thrown up in public for sure, and but no one was around to see, and that was just so incredibly public. Someone had to have seen that. Have you had a really shitty? okay cupid experience i was only on okay cupid for a sec i just never was down but i've been on other apps and i don't know i feel like generally it's been okay it's been never been that bad like in this in this movie with david and his no throwing up on the wall there's been no throwing up on the wall but i'm also very accommodating sometimes to a fault where i'll go along with whatever yeah and I'll suppress whatever Good intentions, pave the road to hell. Yeah, exactly. So, too accommodating to the point of a fault. So, I think, though... Good thing you never roommated with Kevin Spacey. Oh, my God. That's topical. <laughs> I won't even touch that. I. But he would touch it. Oh, mm-hmm. you're a comedian. But, yeah, I, ju- I don't think I've ever had, like, a really bad, like, online or, like, app date. Oh almost... no, I'm so sorry for you. I'm no, so you asked sorry. Me. Like... <laughs> you asked me. I'm giving you my answer. What about you? My worst what? Like, have you ever had a bad okay cupid, scruff, grinder, tinder, ray? I'm gonna date? stick to okay cupid because we can generalize social media and just be like No, because like I think I have a story for all of them. Oh shit, okay, go. So like in due time, many episodes from here. Got it. Um, okay cupid. Yeah, so I was on OkCupid, and I went on a date with this guy who, like, uh, looked like he was ghosting on me, um, and because he wasn't responding to his messages, because back in the day, OkCupid was, like, a message-based yeah. uh, app. Right. Um, and it wasn't, like, immediate, like, grinder or, like, a proximity thing. Mm-hmm. So... He, we like we set like a day and a time and it was coming close to that day and time and he never confirmed mm-hmm. so uh, like i think it was about two hours after the time of which we said we were going to meet up that i get a message from him and he's like oh sorry i had to go get my phone and in, in venice but i'm in the you know east side of la um let's still hang out and i was mm-hmm. like okay cool like i'm down i already am wary oh i should have been then uh 
he's like, oh, I don't have a car. I had to take the bus over there. And it, like, I left my phone. I still didn't get my phone. So if you want to just like go ahead and come meet me at my place mm-hmm. in the east, I was like, that's fine. Normally, I would want to meet somebody at a bar because right. I was like back then I was more like a bar oriented like yeah. I'm not going to just go over and hook up with you wait so he wanted you to meet at his place yes so <clears throat> so I go over to his place it's actually not his place mm-hmm. he's like staying there with his like really good friend but mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually lives there and they're actually just drinking and they're going to go out that night and it's like his three like best girlfriends okay so like i go and hang out with him for a little bit and uh he's kind of not like i'm like i'm not feeling it with him yeah and i don't think he's feeling it with me which and is like now totally there's fine. buffers there now there's, and like, i'm actually hanging out with the best friends yeah. and he's like in the other room like um talking with someone else okay so so i go over and i like i start making casual casual conversation with him and he's like do you want to like leave here and like go to a bar down the street? And I was like, yeah, that would actually be, be like better. That's what I want. Okay. He's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We can go. Can we take your car? And I was like, okay, that's fine. I already drove this far. Mm-hmm. So we go around the corner, we get a drink, we like start chit chatting and actually like getting into things. Mm. And I find that he's semi repulsive. The uh, best friend. The, the, no, no, no. The oh, guy I'm on a guy. date with. Okay. We're by ourselves. It's just one on one. Got it. And, um and like halfway through like it's like maybe one drink we're we're in he's like oh my god um i actually i need to go to san francisco tonight my friend is like having a party in san francisco excuse me so i'm gonna hop on a bus um from the bus terminal and take a bus up there because like i'm gonna do a project like some video whatever some stupid art installation you're for in the LA weekend. with this guy and he's like i'm gonna go on a bus to san francisco right now so the so he asks me to take him to the bus station oh geez in downtown the greyhound bus station yeah oh my from God. from um a chinese um like the the, the chinese bar the, like it's like chinese restaurant slash bar like it was down the street from the american apparel which American Apparel? Uh, by Sunset Junction, over oh. by like the, on oh, okay. Hollywood. Do you remember that? I can't remember what the bar. I don't called. remember. Well, go on. Anyway, so I'm like, you gotta be fucking shitting me! Like, yeah. take you all the way down to downtown LA from Silver Lake. That's like, that's so lame. Yeah. Just to drop you off at a bus terminal, yeah. so you can take the bus to San Francisco for and eight hours or some shit. Henceforth, like, like end this shitty date that i was on that i yeah. should have never been on in the first place and yeah. he's like please like i don't have a car like first time date okay cupid yeah this is horrible i hate it yeah so you know me i'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i'll take you down yeah so i'd fucking drive him all the way down to skid row in downtown la oh. at that time yeah and i'd fucking drop his off at, drop his <laughs> ass off yeah at the airport or fucking at the bus station right and Say goodbye to him. Well, at least it was like you get rid of him that way because fuck, that's a weird ass date. I should have fucking got gas money from him. I mean, from the moment he was like two hours late because he was on the west side, but they need to be on the east side, I'm already like, okay. But doesn't that sound like an LA date? It does. It definitely does. Especially with like the meeting online and just, especially before it was really updated and you could like know where someone is. Like, like text message wise, right? Yeah. It's, that's shitty. Fuck that. Do you still talk to him at all? Do you know where no, he is? No, absolutely not. Yeah, fuck that guy. But, so we're at the end of this movie. And well, surprise, like, what happens at the end? Mom dies. Yeah. Molly Shannon gone. And they're all, and it's it's the first scene of the movie, too. We're back at the first scene. A lovely book ending, as lovely we book always ending. love. And they're all crying on the bed as she passes away. And then they get a weird voicemail on the on the telephone <laughs> to break like attention and, and it's not agonizing and yeah voicemail that her someone. friend is trying to check in with her and see how she's doing right as while she's, she's dead, dead on the bed on the bed which yeah. is oh so delightful that scene is just i can't even wrap my head around it you know the there's like it's actually a lot of complicated emotions and acting that mm-hmm. is going on because david is laying on the bed mm-hmm. and he almost seems stoic Mm-hmm. as everyone else is like trying to be in the moment and yeah. like cry i feel like he's already kind of made his peace his peace with his mom while his mom was there to yeah. receive the peace yeah and everything else has just been an annoyance right. honestly like he's just very there 
to be there for everyone else. Yeah. I feel like he's kind of, he's over it. He's so over it. Well, it's at the tail end of like, he had been there for a year to be with his mom. His mom was like slowly dying for 10 months. 10 months. Yeah. And it's exhausting and he's had a lonely time, but they did have closure, Mm -hmm. which is always good. Closure is always good. Right before she passed away, she was like, mom, Mama Shannon's just like, uh, come be with your sisters. Like whenever you're missing me, just see your sisters and I'll be there. There's a little piece of her in every one of them. Right. And I love that. That was beautiful and really just moving. And he did have like the reconciliation with his dad by just like fucking calling him out for being a piece of shit. Being a piece of shit. I mean, there's nothing more I want to add to that than he just like finally stood his ground. Yeah. And dad was like hearing him, but was still kind of a dick. But he heard him out. Dick, th- or oh, just, but, like, didn't get it, or just didn't care, or just whatever, you but know? But there is resolution in that, in that when mom passes away, dad writes a blank check, and he's like, this is for your ex, Peter, or Paul. This is yeah. for Paul, for wh- however much the plane is, to get him here for the funeral. So right. he, he's, like, not allowing, but he's, like, saying it's okay for David to bring his ex-boyfriend to the funeral, which is big for dad, because dad was a dick. Dad's a douche. Dad's a douche, but he's learning. And we all are learning every day of, of this world, of this life. And that's it. In the now. In the now. Um, this was a really depressing episode of Tears for Queers. It was fucking terrible to watch. But it was really good. Yeah. It was, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes gave it, what, 88%? Yeah. I agree. And I would even say more. It's on I, the mark, 88% for sure. Yeah. It's moving. It's touching. Uh, Drops of Jupiter by Train is in it throughout. <laughs> And it's a great song, and it never gets old. I, you know, I think it's such a great subject to have a dark comedy over because I think we've always seen like the cancer movies as um, a means to like squirt a tear and be a melodrama. Mm-hmm. So to use like the whole cancer trope, my parent is dying, movie as a way to express all of like the frustration you have with everyone else around you, yeah. who doesn't quite know how to emotionally understand or handle what you're processing is in a way so dark but also extremely lighthearted and it's uh it's a way for you to kind of like channel those frustrations out so i think it was i think it's actually a really like interesting approach to the you know cancer trope yeah and it was i mean the whole thing is a cathartic piece for the writer chris kelly Mm -hmm. and i can't even imagine i mean i hope that he just feels so proud because this movie was beautiful it was sad but it was fucking beautiful yeah in the end we know afterwards david the character which is chris kelly gets the job at snl so he becomes successful comedy writer like he always wanted and i'm sure molly shannon is the dead mom looking down on him and just being so proud of her baby boy yeah it was the hard years and this was the hard year yeah so good for him good for him and good for us yeah, we, we got it. through it. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again. For, again. And again. And again. And we miss you already. And this is Tears for Queers. All right. And that's Travis Callahan. And that is Grover C. Whitmore the third. Have a good one, everybody. All right. Good night. <laughs>